Welcome back to The Perfect Podcast. If you're listening to this right now, we've actually finally decided to air it after about 123 outtakes. We have Jack here with us today. Welcome, Jack. Welcome to everyone that is listening to this episode. <laughs> if you are listening to this episode, thank you. It, it, it took a fair amount to actually get this out. So, today, we shall be starting on Famous Birthdays. So, me and Jack have found three, four famous people that we share our birthdays with, and I just want to see if we can find our opinions on these certain people. So, Jack, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, so I have three that I found. Okay. Both me and Josh did use Famous Birthdays um, website to find these. Yes. As we find that they are true. Yes, they are. So, I share a birthday... Yeah. With Katie Christ. Uh okay. And your opinion um on Katie Price. She I, I don't really know. I don't, <laughs> I, I've I've heard of her, that's all. I don't really know what she's about. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. So my first one that I've got, I share a birthday with Justin Bieber. So uh, my opinion on Justin Bieber is I used to think he was a bit of a cunt. Um, I think he's all right now. He's kind of grown up a bit, but yeah, I still think he's a bit of a cunt. <laughs> yeah, I think like the reason why he was is because when yeah. you're famous that young, yeah, everything you do is then going to be like you're going to be just goes to your head, it, it? Like, everything you do. So mm. you're going to be being in the spotlight that young is not healthy for anyone, to be honest with you. So yeah. I, I think media corporations have half of their blame, you know. But yeah. Who have you got in second? It, this is a very good sportsman. Yeah. Novak Djokovic. Oh, okay. That That's interesting. I that. didn't know this at all. No, neither did I. But apparently he's born on the same day as me. Okay, see, I like Novak Djokovic. I think he's a great tennis player. You know, one of the world's best. Yeah. So I wouldn't complain if I were you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm my, my second one is uh, Kesha. I share a birthday with Kesha. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know, my opinion on her, you know, I haven't really... Her songs were more for, like, you know, 2013 fangirls, really, weren't they? I mean... Yeah. You know, they're they're very 2010s vibes. So, you know, that's all I really have to say on yeah. her. What about you? Have you got anyone else? Um, I have one more. Okay. And it's George Best. Oh, another great sport I legend. I think I heard that before, like, his, he was born on the same day as me. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't too sure, and obviously, I actually saw it yeah. on Famous Birthday, so I was like, it's okay, that, another, I've heard of it before. So. Another great footballing legend, Georgie Best, always on the piss, you know, famous for getting absolutely pissed up. Great football player, just a shame he played for Manchester United, really, isn't it? <laughs> my next my next um, person that I have heard of before, I, uh, you know, I... Don't exactly know what he does. All like, do you know what I mean? What he's, he, I know he's an actor, but I yeah. don't know if what he's starred in. Harry Belafonte. I've heard of him before, but apparently he shares the same birthday as me. Harry Belafonte. So you know, I've heard of him. I've I've heard of him, but I uh, he's an actor and like a director and stuff. But he's still alive, still like ninety three years old or something. But yeah, I I just don't know what he's been in, sort of thing. So I have one more yeah. though. I do have one more, and this one I'm kind of happy with, you know. His name is Paul Hollywood. And, oh, okay. You know, great British Bake Off star, you know. So I'm I'm happy with that, you know. 
I'm really happy with that, to be fair. Yeah, that's decent, to be fair. Yeah, I think I think that's not a bad, yeah. not a bad shout. So, have you got anyone else, or have you uh, exhausted all your? Uh, no, <laughs> that, that that was my. It was the three that I knew anyway. Yeah. So, next up, I'm hoping this is going to be the bulk of the show. <laughs> I want to get to know us. I know we're four episodes in, and. It's probably apparent to you by now that we love football. In fact, I've got the football on right now. So I would just like to get to know us personally a bit deeper, you know, apart from the fact that we love football. So I've got a couple of questions lined up here for us both. We're both going to answer them. So, Jack, the first question I have lined up, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Oh, okay. This is a good question because I've always said I'd... I'd like want to stay in Northampton yeah but um if there's anywhere I could live I'd pr- I don't know I'd probably move somewhere South America because like I have really like if you look at photos of it it's just beautiful yeah it, I think it's a wonderful place so I'd probably move somewhere South America yeah that, that's fair enough I've I've always wanted to go to Canada or Australia I think they're the two places that I've really wanted to go to, to be honest with you. I think Canada's a wonderful place. You know, all the snow they get, I love snow. But then, on the opposite hand, you've got Australia. Perfect place for surfing and barbecues. So, you know, I think, I'd think i love to settle down somewhere like that. It, you know, it, 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 I just think if you're in Australia, I think it'd be different. Because obviously oh, yeah. Christmas is then in the summer. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a bit... It will be a bit different, won't it? But... Yeah, I think yeah. I think like it take a bit of time getting used to that, but oh yeah, without a doubt. But I think once you get used to it, I think it'll be the best thing ever. You know. Yeah, probably. So we'll move on to our second question. What is your favourite drink? Ooh. Okay, I have a few because obviously <laughs> okay. there's you get like my my all time favourite drink I think would be apple juice, that pure apple Ooh, juice. That's a good shout. That is a good shout. But then you've obviously got like fizzy drinks as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just talking all-time so drink. That... Oh, I don't know. Anything cause... non-alcoholic, that's that's the rules. <laughs> Your all-time favourite drink, non-alcoholic. I'd probably have to say apple juice. Yeah? I think that's a good shout. I, to think, be fair. I think I'd have to say apple juice, yeah. Okay, so mine, do you, uh, do you know mine? Do you, do you want to have a guess? Um, I don't know, I think it would be some kind of juice. Okay, okay. Well, I, mine, my personal favourite is Oasis. And for those of you who are not from the UK... Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, Oasis is kind of like a, a mixed berries drink. The basic one is is a mixed summer berries drink. It's very refreshing, and I just love it. I just love it. That and Vimto, but nah. Oasis is up there with the Elite. Oh. So, you know, Oasis is just Vim- there. Vimto is good as well. Yeah, but Oasis, yeah, it has I'll, to be Oasis. I'm sorry. Vimto. Just... I think I'd, I'd put Vimto up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But I just like I Oasis. Vimto's up there, 100%. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They're both yeah, mixed definitely. berries drinks, but I do like summer berries, Oasis, so if any of you are wondering what you want to get me for my birthday, you know, just... <laughs> my birthday's coming up. I have to stick it in somewhere, don't I? So um, I just want to say Jack doesn't yeah. have a clue of what questions I'm going to ask him at all. Um. You know, so if any of you are wondering, these are his genuine answers, genuine reactions. He hasn't had time to plan this out at all. The third question I'm moving on to, your favourite animal or top three favourite animals? 
Oh, was it? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Are you struggling? Yeah, off the top of my head. Um. <laughs> See, I would say. I don't know. My I mean... my third favorite is a sloth. I do like a sloth. To be fair. A sloth. Yes, a sloth. Especially baby sloths. Is it quite because you like one of them or? Oh. Oh, calling me out on the podcast. That's a low blow. That's a new low for you. Got to be done. Calling me out on a podcast. It's got to be done. I might just edit. I might just edit <laughs> it out. You know. <laughs> so what? What would you say yours are? I like hamsters. I like. They think they're cute. They're quite cute. Yeah. Um, rabbits. They're alright. Yeah. Yeah. See, my my second uh, favorite. My second favorite's a giraffe. I do, I do oh, like okay. a giraffe, yeah. But my all-time favourite, this goes from when I was, like, a, a youngster. Um, my all-time favourite is an elephant. Deep down, I have a soft spot for elephants. You go in, like, proper zoo animals, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't... Uh, I don't know. We might go into domesticated animals, if you want. Like, what's your favourite dog? What do you think your favourite dog is? I don't know, I don't really is? like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, probably like a small one. I I, right. I see. I like an out a German Shepherd, or a Husky. That's my type of dog. Okay, I can see a Husky. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on from that question then. Question number four: If you could meet a celebrity and spend a day with them, who would it be? Anne Marie. <laughs> would you like to give us a reason why? No, she's just. <laughs> I wonder why, no, Jack. I wonder come why. Come on. No, you, no. I wonder why. You you knew you you knew that was coming. Why did you think I put the question in there? Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, you're not going to give us a reason why? Not at all? She's, uh, I mean, apart from the fact that she's my celebrity crush. That I think that's all we need to know, really, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think I mean, that's all is, we yeah. need to know. <laughs> Number five is a classic icebreaker question that, you know, if you go anywhere and you need to get to know new people, this is uh, what you'll get asked. So, if you were put on a desert island, what three things would you take with you? I mean, food and water. <laughs> I mean, if if all the necessities were there, say you had running water and you had enough food and, you know, you had shelter, what what, what would you take with you? A lighter. <laughs> okay. For a fire. So yeah. warm. Okay. See, I think that's actually quite smart. They would think that. <laughs> you, you always... Oh, take. There's Jack thinking he always breaks the mould. <laughs> As I light up. I'm no, quite I smart, I, I am. I know what I take. What would you take? Anne-Marie. A boat so I can go back to anywhere else. Oh, for fuck's sake. This, is, this hasn't really gone the way I planned it to, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm expecting you to say, like, oh, you know, I'll take, a, I'll take a laptop so I can watch the cobblers play or something like that, and there's you. I'll take a boat so I can piss off to another <laughs> island or come back home. Like, what? The, that wasn't... That, that, was, like, that wasn't the road. That, like, that was not the road I was going down, Jack. That wasn't what. Well, it's the road. It's, it's the road I'm going down. Have you seen what you? <laughs> have you seen what this podcast has become? Oh my god! I mean, you asked the question. And I said, "But I'd take." I'll tell you what. This episode is the worst episode of the podcast ever. So if you want to click off now, I don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. That's but if you haven't already it's... left. That's if you're still this here. Is the fu- this is the fun one. This is the fourth episode, and we we've we've completely ballsed up, basically. 
So, <laughs> number six, what is your most used app? Um, probably TikTok. Same here, to be honest. I'd say, tic- I'd, say, I'd say TikTok because I'm on it a lot. I'm on TikTok a lot, to be honest with you. I do like TikTok. If you want to you wanna see Jack's TikTok, the link is in the bio of our account. <laughs> I'd, I'd say um, follow Josh as well. So he's, like, so, so he's close to me on followers. You know, he's catch up. Piss off. I took mine out anyway. I've, Did I've you? Left, yeah, I left yours in. Sorry. So I'm the famous one, am yeah, someone's got to take the fame, haven't they? Someone's got to take the fame. Can't I, I can't be doing everything. Okay, I'll take it. Someone's got to take the fame. Number seven, we're hopefully going to bring it back down to earth now. What's your biggest fear? Oh, my God. Okay, I have a few. Okay. Like, I'm scared of heights. Yeah? But that's, I wouldn't say that's my biggest fear. Um, what's, your biggest, what's your biggest fear, then? If you go deep. Yeah, we're going deep here. We're going deep. I don't want to go too deep. Okay, no, I'd no, no. Say we're, we're going deep. Bit, um, but we're not going. knowing how, how I'm going to die. Okay. So you, you think your biggest well, yeah, fear well, is not uh, knowing how you're going to die? Yeah, but then I don't really want to know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. I do get that. Like, you don't want to know how you die just in case it's like stabbed to death or something like that, <laughs> burned to death. But I understand yeah. that, you know, you might want to know. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. It's an irrational fear, but yeah. Um, my biggest fear, honestly, is is loneliness. My biggest fear is genuinely being alone. Oh. I hate being alone. I don't know why. I just like to have people around me. I like to keep myself busy. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, being yeah. alone is my biggest I mean, fear. I mean, I can see that. I don't want to grow up an old man and be on my own. It, I just, it'd freak me out. You know, knowing that I also yeah. can't look I mean, after now, myself now, half the time. I don't mind being alone. Because, like... Yeah. You've got all your life ahead of there's you. There's YouTube and everything, so it's, it's just easy to keep myself entertained. Yeah. I'm, I'm just scared but, of loneliness as you say, in general. You're older, okay, next of. question, so then we can actually, like... <laughs> lighten the mood. <laughs> yeah, lighten the mood. So, yeah. The next question is going to lighten the mood a bit. On a scale of 1 to 10, how funny do you think you are? I'd say a 6. Okay, why would you say six? Because there's sometimes like I like I'm funny when I'm not meaning to be, if that makes sense. Uh, okay, and but I feel like <laughs> what happens not, when you are trying to be funny? It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, you can agree with it. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same. See, right, this wasn't planned at all, but I also put myself as a six. Because, like, sometimes I make a joke and it just falls on deaf ears and nobody gets it. And I'm sat there like, yeah. what the fuck? But then, every once in a while, I will make a decent joke and I'll get people pissing themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I would say, funniness, I'm a 6 out of 10. Because I can make people laugh sometimes, but, you know, it it's not usually the times I want them to laugh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we're both agreed on 6 out of 10 then, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'll just do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do that. Okay. Where are we now? We are up to number 9 already. Jesus, we're getting through these questions, aren't we? Number 9. <laughs> what would you do if you won £100 million? I'd buy a house. 
Okay. Anything else? That's the first thing I'd do. Yeah? I don't know, dude. I'll probably buy other people houses. Like my mum and my dad. Not my mum and my dad. Yeah, like, that's a shame. I'd buy them house together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, probably driver's le- driving lessons. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you no, know I'd do. What? Firstly, I'd pay off the mortgage for this house. Then okay. I'd buy myself a house. Yeah. Then I'd buy every single one of my family a house. <laughs> well, this is a hundred million here, and if we're giving them like five hundred k, seven hundred and fifty k houses, there's like what six people in my family, so I've got three siblings. Yeah. So that's what almost two and a half million in yeah. terms of houses. So I've still got another ninety eight, ninety seven million left. Do you know what I mean? Then. I would go down to Northampton Town Football Club, pay off their debts. No, I'd pay off their debts, and then I'd ask for a share. I wouldn't want to buy them out because I don't know how to run a company at all. But I would ask to buy a fairly large share of the club so that I have quite a large say in it, but I don't want to be the one running it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then, it depends how much that costs. So obviously paying off like 10 million to pay off the debts sort of thing. And then say another ten million for a share. Let's say that's how I'm gonna do it. I'm now left with say seventy okay. k. Yeah, not seventy k, seventy million. Yeah. Bloody hell. Seventy million. Yeah, I'm left with like seventy million. I'd pay a million to each charity of my choice. You know, pick ten or twenty. How many charities? Pick ten or ten, ten or twenty charities. Pay a million to each each one of them. That's left me with fifty million. Leave the fifty million in the bank to gain some interest. And I'm set for life, really, aren't I? Yeah, that's fair enough. Like you said, driving lessons, things like that. You know, I think pretty, uh, pretty simple, down to earth, basic, and you know, that's what I'd do with my hundred million. <laughs> it's never gonna happen, but that's what I'd do with it if I ever did. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can always dream. Oh yeah, the dream's always there, but um, the reality is that it will never happen. But <laughs> you know, you can always dream. Okay, number ten. Number 10, I think, is one that I know your answer to, but I wanted to add it in there because we need to keep the football element going, okay? Okay. Who was the player that first got you into football? Who was the first player that you can remember that made you love the game? Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard? Okay, see? Yeah. I have two players. Well, three, actually. Four. Four players. (laughs) And you, uh, do you want to make a whole football team of players? Yeah, we'll make we'll make the like starting eleven. Um, no, so whole eleven. <laughs> I'm the manager. Don't forget the manager. <laughs> so my um my full eleven squad would consist of Stephen Gerrard. He got me into the yeah. into football. I love love Stephen Gerrard. Adebayo Akinfenwa, another great guy yeah, that I'm... got me into football at a young age. Uh, another ex-Cobblers player who was playing when I was watching them when I was literally a little sprog. Scott McLeish. I used to love Scott McLeish. Okay. Great goal scorer. And a defender from that era as well. A defender that I thought resembled me in the most part as a football player. Obviously, I was like six years old, but I loved football. And um, that was Danny Jackman. And honestly, Ooh. those are the four players that really got me into football. Akinfenwa, Scott McLeish, Danny Jackman and Steven Gerrard because, you know, they made me fall in love with the game and here we are, how many years later 
still talking about it, still fantasising over the day that Northampton will get into the Premier League. Which I mean, look, will never happen in our everyone lifetime. Everyone that's but... watching this, <laughs> everyone that's watching it, listening to it, sorry, yes. watch it, <laughs> well, probably haven't got a scuba dude with Danny Jackman. Is. No, not a clue. Um, So, yeah, they could be watching it if we get a YouTube series going, <laughs> eventually. Um, But, no, in all seriousness, um, Danny Jackman, he was a defender for the Cobblers many, many moons ago. I can't remember when. Somewhere around the 2004, 2007 mark, somewhere around there. Um, he was... Yeah, probably. Yeah, he was... A ve- I remember that team, you know. You had Jason Crow, Danny Jackman, Scott McLeish, you know. It, it was a team that I could remember... That was my first Cobblers team that I can remember. And then we started moving through the paces and then we had like Ben Tozer, Andy Holt and different players like that. And yeah, just since then, football, especially Northampton Town Football Club, has become my life, you know? Like, I know that not I can always rely on Northampton Town Football Club to give me a lift when I need it, even even if we lose. You know, you can still go to the stadium, still see the fans cheering us on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's something I could always rely on, you know. So uh... and even like like on YouTube, like games where we've had a really good game, you can just watch them because. Oh yeah, you can reminisce on like... the games that we have absolutely smashed teams six one. 4-0, you know? Yeah. These different games that you can look back on and think, oh, I remember him playing for the Cobblers. Do you know what I mean? And you can remember yeah. players who you used to love and players who will always be in the fans' heart at, at the club, you know? Especially yeah. from the 2015-16 season. That that was one to beat, you know? I, I, would, yeah, that was, that was a... I would argue there was only one season better than that. What season? Uh, season before we were alive, the other season where we did win the uh, Division Four, the old Division Four, what was it eighty six, eighty seven? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was the eighty six, eighty seven season when we old won the old Division Four again, ninety nine points. But I think they were just out. Everyone in that league were outplayed by the Cobblers. So I do believe that that was the only season to beat the twenty fifteen sixteen season for the club in the club's history I personally believe like that's my own personal yeah. opinion yeah so the next one I think you'll like because I like it <laughs> <laughs> okay the next one what is your most used swear words oh okay and your most um... favourite ones as well <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't really swear that much. Oh, okay. I do a lot. <laughs> um, I'd probably say um fuck a lot. Yeah. Um, one of my favourites is cunt. Yeah, yeah. Because of how many ways you can use it. Oh yeah, it's a universal word, really, isn't it? You can use it however you yeah. like. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say my favourite is cunt, and the one, the one I use the most is fuck. Yeah. Um. Or shit. See, with me, 
the ones I use the most, fuck, shit, and cunt. But my favourite ones, again, cunt is definitely up there. I kind of like cockwomble. I do like that one. (laughs) Cockwomble's a quite amusing one for me. So, (laughs) cunt, cockwomble, um, I don't... I don't know whether it's a swear word or not, but I like to, I like slag. You slag, you know. Okay, I I mean, it could be classed as a mm, swear word. I, I don't know. It depends how people take it, but yeah, I, I like that one purely because of Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> okay, yeah. You slag, so yeah. So they're okay, they're my yeah. favourite ones, and obviously the ones I use the most are fuck shit and cunt, really. So. I hope nobody got offended in that part of the segment, but if you did, tough shit. It is an explicit podcast. <laughs> I do put it down Pretty as well. explicit, so if you don't like it, fuck off. That's probably going to get edited out. Don't worry, Jack. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just can't be asked for bullshitters, really. I, I'm, I don't really care how you feel, your snowflake feelings. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing about being in control and being able to edit it yourself is you can edit all this shit out and you can slag them off as much as you want and nobody will find out until they buy your Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, we're moving on now to the next question. The next question here, the last question we have, on my end anyway, what advice would you give to your younger self? If you could give your younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Um, focus in school. Okay. Why would you say that? Because I failed on my GCSEs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what mine would be, to be honest with you. Um, my advice to my younger self would probably be, um, I really don't know. To be honest with you. It is it's a hard one, isn't it? It is. It's something you might have to think about for maybe even a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? Something you could really yeah. pick up on. I'm trying to think I mean, of I... something generic that I could say. Do you know what I mean? Nothing specific, but something just generally to give them a better life. But I really can't. Maybe just crack on with it's it. Hard. Just to knuckle down and get on with your work and you'll get through, you know? Stop whining like yeah. a bitch. I mean... I said it was quite a hard question, but I came up with, with an answer so quickly. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. That doesn't really make sense. No, but, you know. So, yeah, I think that's something it we might... It can be a hard one. That's something we might need to think about. And if any of you want to think about that one as well and get in contact with us, we might even uh, air yours next week on the show, if you like. So, have you got any questions for us, Jack? You could bring back one former footballer to play a game. Okay. Who would it be? Oh, former footballer to play again. Yeah. Okay, there's... Okay. So, there's a couple that I would think about, just because a couple of them I'd want to just see grace a football field. A couple of them I'd like to win a couple of trophies. So, my first one would be Steven Gerrard, and I would have put him in last year's Liverpool squad just so that he could win a Premier League. That's the one thing that he didn't win, you know? And that's one thing I w- really would have liked to have seen him win. Um, in terms of grace in a football field, one person I'd like to bring back to play football, Pele. I'd have loved to have seen Pele grace a football field. I, I think he'd have been yes, amazing. Yeah. You know, 
you can watch them back, but it's just not the same. I'd love to have seen them nowadays. Do you know what I mean? Tearing up the field. Yeah. I think that's another player that I'd love to bring back. To be honest with you, what about you? Who would you bring back? Um, I'd love to see. Um, I mean, it's not so much one player. It's you know the Barcelona team where they had Iniesta, Xavi, yeah. Puyol, Abidal. Yeah. Yeah. I know like who you mean. That, that team, I'd like to yeah. bring back. So you had like Valdez in goal, PK, Puyol, Abidal, yeah. Danny Alves, Iniesta, yeah. Xavi but Alonso. That, that team. Yeah. Um, David Villa, Lionel Messi. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, that team. It was like a juggernaut, been. really. <laughs> Nobody come close, did they? I mean... Mm. Uh, no. Through, um, like through to, that uh, era, it was just Barcelona were the best in the world at that point. You know, you can't really argue with that. There's a lower league football I've been back. Yeah. Clark Carlisle. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, that is, is a, a lower league footballer that I would have been back. Mm, so would I, um, definitely. I think, personally, I think he was underrated. I mean... Yeah. He, given his battles with his mental health and stuff like that, I think he's a credit to football, you know. I genuinely think he is a credit to football. And with his... I, never, I, have, I have one more thing back. Yeah? Ronaldo. Yeah. I'd like to see him play, just to see who the best Ronaldo is. Oh, that, that would be interesting, but I definitely think the old school Ronaldo would just rip him to shit to be honest with you yeah so would I, I it'd, just be, it'd, but, it'd be interesting to see talking about one. Ronaldo there's another one that I'd like to bring back as well okay Ronaldinho oh yeah I mean his playmaking skills were just ridiculous he was just a wizard on the oh, ball that's a good one to bring back yeah I think I think that's who I'd want to bring back to be honest with you Okay, that's a good shout. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, that was de- that's a decent one. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that's someone I'd want to bring back. I mean, I don't really have any other questions, really. That's fine. Um, like that one was off the top of my head. Yeah. So now we'll move on to the next segment of our show. This segment will be the food segment of the show. So, obviously, last week, we did talk about food. We talked about our best takeaways. This week, we're going to be talking about our best food in general. I want to break it down, though. I want to go our best savoury food and our best sweet food. This is not okay. this is not including takeaways. Okay? So, oh. this is like snacks. So, anything from pork pies to sausage rolls to sandwiches. And then any sweets including desserts, so trifles and cakes and things like that. So, you know, pick one savoury, one sweet. Something, you know, your one of your top favourites anyway. See, before you said my takeaways, I was going to say Greg's looks as well. Ooh, Greg's, Greg's is a shout, but yeah, no takeaways. So, I don't really... Savoury... Um... See if I get a, if I have a sausage roll normally, I heat it up. 
Yeah, warmed oh, up actually, sausage rolls are the best. Croissants. Oh, that is a shout. That is a shout. Okay. That. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was... croissants. Yeah. I wasn't expecting 100%. you to pull that one out of the bag. I, I only just thought about it. Okay, I've got one. Okay, so obviously my savoury would have to be a sausage roll. Like you said, warmed up sausage yeah. roll, it, uh, for me that's just the best. My sweet, I'm not sure what my sweet would be to be honest with you. I really don't yeah, know what don't my favourite sweet would be. Like my favourite sweet food. Um, Hey guys, uh, this is voiceover Josh, I'm just going to interject here. I've finally figured out what my favourite sweet food will be. My favourite sweet food I've figured out is party rings. I don't have Jack here to um, get his opinion, but my sweetest, my favourite sweet food is party rings. I'm surprised it took me that long to figure it out. But yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll hand you back over to podcast, Josh. But I think there's one food that is so versatile, you can use it in any situation. Do you want to know what that food I think? And this is why I put it at the top of my list. Okay. I don't know whether you'll agree with me on this one. You probably won't. But I would say a Yorkshire pudding. Because because up north in Yorkshire, it is literally used as a pudding. You put jam, ice cream in a Yorkshire pudding. However, it has been adapted for toad in the hole which is sausages inside of a Yorkshire pudding, or yeah, just on its own with a roast dinner. So I genuinely yeah. believe that Yorkshire pudding is so versatile, you can use it as a dessert, you can even put it as a starter, you can use it as your main. So, you know, I genuinely believe that a Yorkshire pudding is the way to go. That is a, that's a shout. I think it's one of the best, most versatile foods out there. It can yeah, be used I in almost any about... situation. I forgot about toad and <laughs> Oh, I love a toad and yell. Oh, that's that, nice. No, yeah, anything sausage related. Sausage rolls, toad in the hole. Yeah, sausages have to be at the old, uh, at the top of my all-time favourite food. Up there with the, re- with the best of them. <laughs> yeah. So, Jack, you have the next topic, I believe. Um, yes, I do. Um... This one is fresh, obviously. We were recording this Sunday. The first half was recorded Sunday. This one is done Tuesday. Um, And this is kind of gone from the Sunday game, and it's everything that's happening with Mike Dean at the moment. Oh, Um, yeah. Obviously, he has been asked not to be in the lineup for refereeing on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Would you Um, like to explain why? So, I can't remember what game it was, um, I think it was West Ham Fulham. He uh, sent yeah. um, Suchek off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a red card. Um, no, not at all. Mitrovic has said it wasn't a red card. Um, it's been overturned as well by the FA. Um, yeah. But because of that, him and his family have been getting a lot of death threats. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's decided to take this week off. Um, Which is fair enough. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, so. It's not. I. I think, in in the in the way he sent him off, I can see why he sent him off in the first place. Yeah. 
Um, because obviously you've seen the arm go up to to the face. Any ref would send him off. Yeah. Um, it's the fact that he's gone to the monitor to check it, and um, if Mitrovic has said it's not a red card, mm. um, I think he should be listening to him. That's the problem, isn't it? It's not the fact that VAR has told him, it's the fact that he's gone and checked the monitor himself and still made the wrong decision. Yeah. Still um, come to the wrong conclusion. Obviously, as I've said, the FA have overturned the red card, so Suchek will not have the, yeah. the three-match ban. Um, but it's also happened in the Man United-Southampton game. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent off, um, was it Bednarek? Bednarek, yeah. Yeah, Bednarek. Got right at the off, end of the um, game, I think it was like the eighty-six minute or something like that. Yeah, I actually didn't. I didn't see that red card, so yeah. I can't comment if um, it was. I saw it, and like looking at the highlights, I saw the red card, and it it, it was very, very soft. Um, yeah. Some manager, some referees, sorry, would give that as a red card, granted, but for me, it's not a red card. But yeah, I'd also like to talk about the David Luiz red card. Okay, yeah. Because I have seen that, and it was an appalling decision. You know, I can understand why. I can't remember who it was, who was with the pundits team, but the referee that with the pundits team said, "Look, that is a red card," because you can't tell if it's with intent or not. But it was clear to me that it wasn't intentional. So yeah. I I believe that David Luiz's red card and it was reviewed by the FA as well, but wasn't overturned. So yeah, um, I think that's where you get the double standards for Bednarak's red card to be overturned, and Luiz's not to. You've got to be asking some questions there because to me, my personal opinion, Bednarak's red card was more of a red card than, than Luiz's. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, um, obviously. As you said, Arsenal did review um, um, David Luiz's red card. Yeah, it they appealed it. But... Um, Southampton got Bednarek over, um, overturned and obviously West yep. Ham got Suchek's overturned. Yep. Um, and it's happened a lot. Um, there's been a lot of red cards. and um, Very recently there has, yeah, in the past couple of yeah, weeks. I don't know if this is because of the... the the lack of energy they have because of obviously having yeah. so many games, yeah. or if it's yeah. just, you know, if it's just a coincidence that there's been quite a few red cards recently. But I just sometimes, well, most of the time, I think it's poor decisions from the referee and the video yeah. assistant referee as well. Because when you look at it, if VAR said that the referee should go over to the monitor to look at the red card then obviously VAR can't see something that's defining. They can't see that it is or isn't a red card because they've asked the referee yeah. to, for a second opinion. Yeah. Which, to me, if there's already doubt there, when you're going over to the monitor, you should be more diligent when you're reviewing it instead of just yeah. being like, oh, I trust my own decision, which, to me, it seems like they're doing. They're going over yeah. the, to the monitor as a formality and just sticking with their orig- original decision because they trust themselves and... Five times out of ten, six, seven times out of ten, they're getting it wrong. Yeah, uh, I mean, the most of the games that I've watched um, where they have said to the referee, go over to the monitor, Yeah. Um, I think it's been about three or four times, as you said, six or seven out of 
six or seven out of ten, it's they stick with their decision. But I've watched, I think it's about three games where they've gone to the monitor and they've changed their mind. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I can that when they go to the monitor, VAR, a technical, it's it's their way of saying we can't see something conclusive wrong. Mm. Like it's not an obvious decision to send him off. Yeah. So change your mind and obviously refs some are doing it some yeah. aren't yeah. that's where I, I think with VAR when it comes to the monitor they're basically what they're saying is we can't find anything right or wrong do you know what I mean yeah. we can't definitively say that that is or isn't offside or that is or isn't a goal that is or isn't a foul and so they're asking the referee to go over there to look at their decision that they've made and see if it constitutes to the rules of the game. And yeah. like we said, the FA have overturned, what, three of the past four decisions in the past uh, week? I think, I think so, yeah. I think it yeah. might be three, yeah. There was like three or four decisions in the past week that have been overturned, which means the referees are doing something wrong. And yeah. The one that wasn't overturned, David Luiz, is the one that I think had the most proof to be overturned. And I think yeah. Arsenal have been let down by that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are right there. David Luiz is it was it was, <laughs> it, was it was a very, very poor decision. Mm. Um oh, yeah, and I'm surprised doubt. I'm surprised VAR didn't tell the referee to go to the monitor. No, so am I. So am I. Um like, I, I can if... see when it was explained to me at half time, it was like, Well, okay, you see why he's been sent off because the referee, like I said, with the pundits team had said, look, you can't define whether that's deliberate or not. Obviously, it wasn't deliberate. To any normal person, that's not deliberate. But within the, within the rules of the game, the sending off was a legal sending off. But, yeah. again, it's the rules of the game that are letting the game down. Yeah. And when, um, like when VAR first came in, for the first season or two, most of the problems were coming from offside. Were they not? Yeah. Defining yeah, whether a player yeah. was offside or not. They're offside by an armpit, but they can't score with their arm, so how are they offside? The yeah, same the other that, day. That is true. It was the same the other day, wasn't it? I can't remember who it was. But he was sticking his ass out, the defender, and they concluded that the attacker was an armed offside. And I'm saying, like, they can't score with their arm, so how are they offside? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Um, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it. I mean... I can see VAR is kind. It is kind of improving, mm. um, yeah. but again, it's the it's the offsides. Um, <laughs> like the, as you said, it's you such an awkward angle, that. as well. The the way they're yeah. doing it is such an awkward angle. How are you supposed to def de de define where the the base of play is? Do you know what I mean? Where the the actual pitch is? How yeah. can you define where along that pitch is? Do you know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, obviously. With with it, um, I think the best way to do it would be have former players as the as the the video yeah. assistant referee because I, they I would, they're in the mind like hmm. they are former players that so they will not. See, I, I would suggest I would suggest having, as you said, different players. But instead of having three or four VAR refs, have one VAR ref, one striker, and one defender. Yeah? Yeah. 
that don't play it and have never played for either team. Yeah? Yeah. So if you're going to have, say, Jamie Carragher in, you should let him referee the match, say, between Wolves and Leicester. Because he's a defender and he'll make an unbiased decision. Yeah. And then have another striker along with him, say, Jermaine Defoe, who, again, hasn't played for either of those teams and can be an unbiased, just decision. And that way, you've got the striker's perspective, you've got the defender's perspective, both have no links to the club, and you've also got the referee there who can take both points into account. Obviously, the problem with that is VAR is going to take longer because having to get both sides of the story, it's going to take so much longer. What I still think they should do is that they shouldn't intervene until a team complains about a certain decision. And once okay. once the team complains about a certain decision, if it's very clear that it isn't the right complaint, they lose their VAR. They lose it for the rest of the match. Oh, okay. So basically, it's like in hockey. In hockey, if you have a complaint and you get it wrong, you don't get that complaint for the rest of the match. I think the same should be in football, but it has to be clear. So if it's a yeah. clear offside and they're complaining, he wasn't offside, we want to review that. They lose their complaint. But if he is if he's offside by say a foot, if he's offside by a foot and they're complaining he wasn't offside, they still get to keep their VAR decision because it's a very fine margin. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So if I think that's how it should be. They have a VAR review and they can complain about anything in the match they want. But once they've complained about that, if it's a clear if they're clear and they've made the wrong decision and it's clear they've made the wrong decision they lose their VAR review instead of VAR picking up on everything let the teams pick up on them at their own expense that way VAR won't be being used so often the wrong decisions won't be being used so often and again the teams won't be making silly claims that oh he was offside and all that yeah I mean, you, you, there's something like cricket, isn't there? Like you can, you can have a review for a wicket. Yeah, umpire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I'm obviously it. It is. A, it does happen in a lot of sports. Obviously, you said hockey, yeah. cricket. With the cricket there it's, as well, I've, it's the same. If you think you get like two reviews in a day test, and yeah, you know, if you get it wrong, you lose that review, and it's you know, it's as simple as that. And I think they should do the same for VAR or football. You know. Yeah, and I feel like... Um... It's the same with the Hawkeye at the rugby, you know? The Hawkeye at the rugby only comes in when it's a clear wrong decision. If it's yeah. millimetres, they just leave it and let play go. But if there's yeah. a clear wrong decision or something's going on, they will intervene. Yeah. But with VAR and football, they, they want the power. They want to run the game, you know? Instead of letting yeah. the referee run the game, let the flow of play... It's just got to a ridiculous point now, and VAR is ruining the game at this point. Yeah, um, obviously, in it, it is the it is a, the the main problem in England. Um, but it seems to it does seem to be working in in other countries. Um, okay, um, which, which kind of shows me that they're um, doing it right and we're doing it wrong. I'll go back to a previous point. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. There's a reason why FIFA have only ever taken one English referee to the World Cup. That's all I'm going to say. What? 
why is it? Because English referees are shit. It's as simple as that. English referees hardly ever make the right decision. And the only one English referee that they really took for the past three or four World Cups was Howard Webb. Again, Howard Webb has made some dodgy decisions in the past, but every referee will over the career. But the length that his career has spanned for the amount of wrong decisions, he is a really good referee. And that is why they took him to the World Cup. Yeah, no other that. English um, referee has been to the World Cup, so yeah, I can see that. Howard Webb, obviously, as you said, world class referee. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, every ref does have a dodgy, dodgy either game or decision, but yeah, at the end obviously. of the day, if you've gone to a World Cup, you've got the experience there, and you, you've got to be seen as a world class ref if you've exactly. gone to the, the biggest exactly tournament that. in the world. And Howard Reb has refereed quite a number of World Cup finals in his time. And I think if if we're at this point where we're questioning the ability of the referees, surely someone's got to be looking at the FA and wondering what the fuck they're teaching them, what is going on there. Maybe Maybe even look at some of the rules and how they compare to FIFA's rules. And yeah. look at some of the silly decisions that are being made. Look at some of the referees and think, wait, he can't referee to save his fucking life. <laughs> you know, send him back down to League Two where they don't have VAR and let them play football. Like, yeah. sometimes I wonder how Trevor Kettle is still refereeing. Oh, yeah. When you Any, have, anyone... When you have a record against a certain club and you can see that that referee is definitely out to get this certain club, how can you... Just ignore that. I don't understand. I mean, we we do say that Trevor Kettle hates obviously Northampton. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then, obviously, we're gonna say that. But every time he refs a Northampton game, we end up losing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously something there. <laughs> it's not just a coincidence. Definitely. I know. Like they have a rule where if you're from a certain place you can't referee any teams in that town or city or whatever yeah but it doesn't stop you from sabotaging other teams that are around the team that you support or the around the team that you want to win obviously referees are humans they have human emotions they're not robots they can't make imperfect decisions you know they can't make the perfect decision every time. There's always going to be thoughts in their head that will make yeah. them change their decisions, maybe even keep their decisions. And so I just, I don't know, sometimes you've got to question the training of referees, their impartiality, and yeah. what they're actually teaching them. Maybe you should look at the FA and go, well, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what Howard Webb is up to at the minute, but... Stick him in charge of refereeing, like all things refereeing, yeah. whether that be the laws that they abide by, how they referee, training the referees. Stick him in there somewhere because he's got the knowledge and he is a good referee. I think um, Howard Webb is sometimes the the video assistant referee. Yeah, he is for some matches, but yeah, he needs to have a bigger role in the refereeing setup in England because, 
like I said, he's the only referee that we've really taken to the World Cup in the past however many World Cups. He's refereed... Yeah. I know he's refereed at least two or three World Cup finals. And yeah. if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what does. To be honest with you, I don't know what does. I mean, it, it will come... It depends if VAR obviously does keep on fucking up. Will it come to the point where fans are protesting it? Yeah. I know some will fans they, are already protesting it. It's as simple as will, that. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's... Will it come to the point where they protest so much that we scrap it? Uh, if it carries on the way it's going, I believe so, yeah. I mean, obviously, there, there will be fans that take it to the extreme and start petitions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There will be there will be fans that do that, and I think if that gets really big, I think then the FA would have to look at what's going on. Is it ruining football? Yeah, and definitely. Take what? take the fans' say really. What you also have to realise is some fans are going to be biased. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, so of course. When you look at VAR decisions overall, you'll see that they tend to favour the bigger teams. Yeah. Generally. Especially at the very beginning. You will see that at the very beginning of VAR, oh look, Manchester United are getting an unusual amount of penalties. You know? Yeah. They're winning an unusual amount of free kicks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember a certain amount of, like, Liverpool... Okay. The Champions League final against Tottenham, they won that handball from VAR. Yeah. You know, Mane flicked it round and he caught his arm. However, later on that season, like the season after the final, yeah. Tottenham were denied a penalty for that exact same reason. The fact that it hit his arm. And yeah, I think that's... I don't that understand. Down... I don't understand how in the Liverpool match in the Champions League final, they get that penalty when the defender had no time to react and it hit his arm, he had no time to react. You know, he was in a natural position for a defender trying to guide him down the outside. Yeah. But later on that season, they get denied a free kick, no, a penalty, sorry, for the exact same reason that it hit his arm. But because, you know, he didn't have time to react, it wasn't a penalty. So you can't have one rule for one team and one rule for the other. I don't understand how yeah, it works. Um... I think that comes down to obviously the FA. That's England, and then with the Champions League, it's UEFA. So they have a different ref. Okay, but so I think that's why because obviously in one country it's the, a different the rule. The point is, so all why the best are not there. all the rules the same? You're playing. I'm not you're too playing sure. Football, okay. Football is one sport. Why are all the rules the same? The why are the rules different? Like, think about rugby for a minute, okay. Rugby yeah. Union is different to Rugby League because they have different rules. But yeah. No matter where you play Rugby Union, whether it is France, Italy, Spain, Ireland, or the UK, the rules are the same, as far as I'm aware. You know? Yeah. High tackle, that's a simbin or a sending off. Why is it that in football, no, wherever you go and play around the world, the rules are different? Even... Not like massively different, but tiny little tweaks. Why are they like the tiniest little bits like handball? Why are they different? Why are they not the same? I feel like that could be obviously you obviously England have the FA, yeah, 
Um, I think that could be down to the FAs in the different countries. I, I don't have any trust in the FA at all, to be honest. Neither do I. Um, Realistically. Obviously, like, you remember when the whole scandal came out with FIFA and UEFA? Yeah. And that's how Qatar got the World Cup, Russia got the World Cup. Yeah. When you look at that being the overall body of football, FIFA, you've got to look at, well, maybe UEFA are corrupt, maybe the FA are corrupt, maybe each individual body organisation from each different country, maybe they're all corrupt. Yeah. You can't... It just doesn't make sense. Like, why don't FIFA come up with a blanket of rules to say, look, no matter where you play football, these are the rules. Simples. Yeah. Play World Cup rules because when you play in the World Cup, they stick to a standard set of rules. Why not just play those rules in every country? At least then everyone's on the same page. Yeah, that would that would be sensible. I just don't understand it. Yeah, it is a bit weird. <laughs> um, you said about the World Cup just yes. a second ago. Yeah. I have. We've we've obviously teams bidding for the World Cup. Um, yeah. I've said this for a few years now, and it obviously happens with the Euros. I think the winner of the World Cup should host the next World Cup. Okay, why do you say that? I feel they won the World Cup, so I feel like they should have the right to host it. Okay, so what happens when they're hosting the World Cup every year because they've just got an unbeatable team? I feel they've won the right. Really? Yeah. So, I feel like if they've won the World Cup, they have the right to have it in their country. Because they've okay. won the World Cup, they are the world champions. Okay. So the World Cup should be played where the champions are, Okay, I think. And what, how will that work money-wise? Because surely, if you're doing that, then the country who are hosting the World Cup are going to get more money, which will then be able to put into their football team to allow them to win more World Cups. And it makes it unfair on the teams that aren't winning. But then again, that's the thing. If you've got a good like youth development, say France, they've got a very good youth development. Yeah. That's their that, that's their reward. Okay. So Germany and Brazil. They're two people yeah. I'm gonna bring up. Two one country, Germany, is fairly well off economically. The other country, yeah. Brazil, not at all. They've still got slums in Rio de Janeiro. You know, Brazil is not an economically developed country at all. Yeah. Both shit football teams. Okay. So, you're telling me that Brazil should be denied the World Cup to help build infrastructure for their country and help them off economically purely because they can't play football as well as someone else. No, but that's the thing. They've got to pay to get the World Cup, so they're losing money either way. Okay. So you're saying just completely scrap bidding for the World Cup? Like, completely scrap that and just give it to the next person? Yeah, the winners... I think the winners should get it because then they're not losing money. Mm -hmm. Because Brazil, they're not losing money. Yeah. And if they win it, then they've got the right to have the World Cup. They're getting money and then... Okay, so... it's, It's the way I see it. So, do you know what happens to the money when they bid for the World Cup? What happens to that money? You wait to get it. Okay. So, say Qatar 
they started they well they started ages ago building their stadiums does the money from the bidding goes to that for having to build the infrastructure I don't think it does because if you think about it Qatar got the world cup okay they didn't have any top class stadiums at all whereas you go to England you go to Germany you go to Spain there are really good stadiums with a massive capacity all over the country that's what i'm saying like so i can agree with you on that the fact that you know qatar didn't have the infrastructure to begin with and obviously they never win a world cup so they would never have the world cup there but you look at places like england spain france germany they've got really good stadiums yeah. so you know do you think that would um benefit them to have the world cup there i think so i think obviously uh, like i've obviously as i've said um if it would say it was in england um yeah. i don't think it would benefit the english players so much because there's so many foreign players in england as well okay so a lot of them are used to playing in the stadiums that are there. Mm. Um, but obviously in Germany, most most of the players are German. Um, so in France, most of them are French. Twenty twenty two World Cup. Okay. Yeah. As we said, that's based in Qatar. Yeah. Why don't they base the twenty twenty two World Cup in some of the smaller stadiums? over say here or Germany or Spain who aren't getting the revenue who are struggling because of corona why don't they say why don't they hold the world cup at Wigan stadium because people aren't going to be allowed into the stadiums by then i don't think not on the big scales of like 20 30 40 50,000 i don't think they'll be allowed into the stadium at that point why don't they hold Probably. it at Wigan, Bolton, Northampton, Port Vale? And I think that I think it comes down to money again. But like I said, with the money, instead of holding it at Wembley or Ellen Road or Old Trafford, where you're playing in a massive stadium, you're paying to have the stadium opened, you know, for the players, for the coaches, for the staff. When in actual fact, they're not going to fill half their capacity because of the coronavirus. Why don't they host it at the smaller stadiums, give them a little bit of a boost, including the TV revenue? Yeah. You know? I mean, it all just come down to, to money, obviously. Um, the bigger teams get more money. Yeah. And obviously, players... Let's let's take for example Argentina. Is Messi gonna to want to play at Old Trafford or Sixfields? Okay, yeah, I get that. But surely it doesn't matter if the pitch is up to scratch. Surely that wouldn't matter. If the, it would, if the pitches are good enough, you know, why not give them a challenge? They're footballers. Come on, they're paid millions multi-millions of pounds a year surely you should give them 
a bit of a challenge. <laughs> and at least then, okay. at least then it might vary the World Cup up a bit instead of getting your regular top four. Okay, that that's true. I could understand that. But then again, I think it it will come down to pitch size as well because obviously yeah. lower leagues the pitches are smaller. Yeah, granted the but pitches think... are smaller, but it just adds to the challenge. Yeah, and I I true. would <laughs> I would say that I would rather pay more to watch all these elite footballers like Harry Kane, Lionel Messi, Ronaldo. Try and play football on bobbly pitches where the ball is bobbling over their feet and they're struggling, than to see them absolute, absolutely rip, like, say, Russia. They did well. But I'd rather pay to see a highly contested game than just see France just steamroll Russia because they're the better team. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I know, yeah. I know, I'm getting into silly territory, but I genuinely would pay to watch that sort of game. It would be more entertaining. Yeah, in- indeed. I, I think uh, it, it will, it all, all, it all comes down to money for the bigger teams. Yeah. Um. I get. Yeah, I get. The money yeah, is again, a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Money's money's the biggest thing that comes into it. Yeah. Um. But I think they all do. They do also think of pitch, pitch the size of the pitch. And oh yeah, no, I know all that is a factor, but I just no. It think... doesn't even have to be a League Two or League One club. Why don't you Championship. Go, yeah, play at Watford. Yeah, Huddersfield. Um, yeah, that is true. They've all got decent stadiums. Their their pitches are obviously going to be more suitable for it. I think. With you, with you saying League One and League Two, I think where what I'm thinking of is the the amount of injuries you could get. Yeah, but I think that could be a factor. But if you go to a high class League One club or even a Championship club, you know, some of the infrastructure is still there, and the pitch, you know, like I said, you can easily replace the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Say. Say as soon as the season's finished, turf up the pitch, put some new turf down. I mean, over the month or two that they have before the World Cup starts, why don't you start the World Cup a bit later? Have it just a tad bit later and have a good month or two for the pitch to settle. But then what happens if England get to the final? Okay. Then what about they, it? The players have to have a certain amount of time off. Yeah. Okay. That's um, happened this season with Man City and Man United. Okay. Enlighten me. I'm not aware of what happened with Man City and Man United, so, so enlighten me. At the start, so at the start of this season, oh no, that's UEFA, isn't it? But it'll still happen with Thingy. Okay. So Man City and Man United got to. Um, semi-finals of the trophy that they were in. Yeah. They had to have a certain amount of weeks off for pre-season. Okay. So the game, the games they would have had first game of the season this season were postponed because they didn't have the amount of time they needed for pre-season. Okay. Okay, I can if understand that's the that. the same with the World Cup, 
the Premier League's going to have to be then so, pushed back. When was the World Cup? July? Yeah. When does the season finish? May. For most yeah. teams. Most yeah, teams most finished teams. in May. Yeah. So, if you turf up the pitch and put a new turf down, you've got a whole month for that turf to settle, to be watered, yeah. and to get it up to a professional playing standard. Yeah. And so you could hold it at a ground like Portsmouth, which is a good old-fashioned Premier League ground. Yeah. Bournemouth, Watford, Charlton, any one of these clubs who have got a decent stadium, decent size for their pitch, because they're all ex-Championship, ex-Premier League. Yeah. Um, obviously, it normally ends... It normally starts... For, like The World Cup in 2018 started 14th of June, ended 14th of July. Yes. Um, so, again, you're going to have to start it in June. Which, obviously, yes, there's a month to get the pitch up mm. to standard. Yeah. But is it going to tear up easily because it hasn't had enough time to set anything? Well, that's what you've got to think about, isn't it? it? I just... I don't know. We finished our season on... I remember playing Oldham May the 4th. Yeah. And that was the last game of the season. For them. Yeah. So, I I don't think the pitch would tear up easily if you give it a month to... You know, if you have the proper groundsman on it, I don't think it would. Do you remember when we had us and Coventry playing on the same pitch? Yeah. That pitch was kept pretty much immaculate apart from the goalkeeper spots. For yeah. the whole season, our ground crew did an amazing job of keeping that pitch pretty well maintained. But if you look at it now, um, it's awful. If you look at our pitch now, it's awful. But that's because we're training on it as well. So we're yeah. we're playing and training on that pitch five days a week. But if you left that for a month, it would get back to a sort of standard. Yeah, okay, that would. But I if, can see that. Yeah. If you put down new turf and left it for a month, I don't think a month's worth of playing football on it would do much damage to it at all. Probably not, no. But then again, they they tear it up and then put it down for the new season. So a month, if you think it's going to have a month's worth of football on it, mm -hmm. which means the way it would be at the end of the season is going to be worse than it would normally. But you've also got to think about you've got a month before and say half a month to a month afterwards to keep that pitch well contained. And if you're playing over different pitches, it's not like you're going to be playing on that pitch every week. If you yeah. pick a number of stadiums and play one or two games on them over the month, just that one or two games will give the clubs a, a, a nice financial boost, but it also won't risk their pitch cutting up as much if you're only playing 180 to 240 minutes on it. Yeah, that is true. So, that's what you got to think about is, you know, I, I don't believe that it would affect the turf as much because they, well, they won't be playing on it week in, week out, unless it's like the bigger clubs, like Man City with the big stadiums. But then again, with, if it's being held at the Etihad, they've got the grounds staff to, to keep it up to conditions. That's true, that's true. But, 
why don't you, you know, like hire the ground staff from other clubs? Yeah, again, it comes down to money. But they'll be getting that money back through the revenue, through TV and stuff like that, playing on their pitch. But how much a big, how much a big club's gonna want? That's that's the thing, isn't it? If they want, if they want more, then or, the club are going to be getting back through TV and stuff. There's going to be a problem. So if you right, okay, let's think about it logically. Get a select few teams: Ipswich, Portsmouth, Charlton, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Watford. Say they're five teams. Okay. Yeah. Five stadiums. Why don't you have one task force for those five stadiums? Try and group them in a location. So, you could say Millwall, um, Tottenham, Chelsea, Fulham, and Arsenal. Say, okay. Just yeah. to, I'm just picking four teams, five teams off the top of my head. They're all close together. They're all grouped in one area of the country. Why not have yeah. one task force to go around all five stadiums to prepare them? You know, before the match. Yeah, but like I obviously. said, they're not going to be playing on the match every single week. You know, they're not going to be playing on that turf every week. So they can afford to have yeah. one task force go to one stadium. Oh, that's been played on. We'll sort. We'll prepare it for it to just germinate and leave it there. We'll move on to the next stadium. Prepare that one for the next match. Yeah, but say. And what you've also how, got to remember how... is, after the group stages, you lose half of your teams. In the tournament. Yeah. Top two go through, bottom two fall out. Yeah. So you lose half your teams. Which then means that you won't need, say, a quarter of the stadiums. And so... Yeah. Half... And so, say, halfway through June or July, or halfway through the tournament, those pitches can now be prepared for the start of the season and they get that extra two weeks to, you know, prepare. Yeah, that's the thing. Because obviously as you go through the tournament, you lose half your teams, half your teams, half your teams until you get to the final two. Yeah, that is Because, you know, it starts off at 32, down to 16 in a week, you know? Yeah. And so theoretically, you could organise yourself around that knowing that you could drop these stadiums out, knowing that they've earned their revenue from the World Cup and the TV and all that, give them back to the stadiums, and they've got an extra week or two on top of the half the month or the month that they get after the tournament. Yeah. If you think about it, with the group stages, there's three games a day. Yeah. So you could have one in London, one down south in Southampton or Portsmouth, and one up north in, like... Huddersfield. Man, yeah. Somewhere like that. Yeah. And then you've got time to do the other pitches. Exactly. Um, so get that pitch done, say, See, a day before. Like, what you could say is, if you have a task force of 10 people for an area, yeah, like you said, three matches a day, you go, right, five people can go to the game day, okay? Yeah. To keep the pitch up to scratch on game day, and then prepare it afterwards, after the match, after they've all gone home. Yeah. And the next yeah. five can go to the next stadium to prepare it for the next day. Yeah. And then the same five stay there the next day and the next five go and literally just transition it like that. Yeah. That would also work as well because if you think East, you've got Norwich and Ipswich. Mm-hmm. 
South, you've got Portsmouth, Southampton, Plymouth. You've obviously got you've got Plymouth as well, yeah. yeah. Um, Exeter for say the two of the smaller teams. Yeah. West, you've got Bristol City. Yep. Um, up north, you've got you've got loads. You've got Blackpool. <laughs> you've got, you've got loads. You've got all the all the Manchester, all teams. Liverpool, Everton, and then if you move across the Pennines, you've got Leeds, Barnsley. Yeah. Huddersfield a bit there. further got, up. Yeah, they're all there. You've got loads. They're all there. They so, more northern. Like you can get. Like if you say, like you said, there's only three games a day. If you move them around the country, move those three games around the country. Yeah. Yeah. So, think about it. If you have five stadiums to an area, so say you have five stadiums down south: Exeter, yeah. Portsmouth, Southampton, Plymouth, and Brighton. Yeah. All along the south coast. They're all within four hours driving distance apart from Exeter. Yeah. And if you can fly there, then they're going to fly, aren't they? Or train. But they're not going to play every week there. They might play, say, Plymouth one week, Portsmouth the next, but then the next week... No, the next day, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, Plymouth one day, Portsmouth the next day... But then they might decide, oh, well, we're not going to have any in the south at all and we're going to move it over to Ipswich, which then yeah. gives all of the stadiums a day to prepare. Yeah. And so by the time it comes to playing back on Plymouth turf, it will be still up to scratch because it's had, you know, that extra day. Because like you said, and when they it... only play three or four games a day. And so if you move them around the country, it gives us enough stadiums, enough time to rest. Yeah. Obviously, then you you have I'd say five. Um, you can go north, east, south, and west. Then you can go centrally, like East yeah. Midlands, because you've got exactly. Birmingham, Villa, Wolves, yeah, Leicester. You got loads. And so, if you in pick a, in, if you pick five stadiums from each area, yeah, yeah, twenty-five stadiums, yeah, and then pick the smallest five stadiums to get the extra games. Yeah. You know? Because how many teams are playing in the beginning? What is it, 64? It's, yeah, 64. 64 teams. So and if you go... To... Yeah, so each right, each so, yeah. each stadium will get two games. Yeah? That will leave you with 14 games. So if you pick the smallest seven stadiums to get an extra two games each... Yeah. Then, okay, yeah, theoretically, the... The most of pitch is going to be played on is four times, four times. Yeah. In two weeks. And if, and if you think, how many groups are there? It goes into four. So sixty-four divided by four is twelve. Yeah. There's twelve groups. So the group stages are being done. About two, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's that's, usually three weeks, isn't it? Again, so that's 21 days. You've got time to... Yeah, exactly. Get, yeah. So if you've got four games, you can do it five five days apart. Yeah, exactly. Which gives it enough time to settle. And like we said, we're yeah. going to have five stadiums in each area. So you've yeah. got 25 teams. You'll have... Each one of those will get two games. And then you pick the smallest seven to get the extra two to make up the 64. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then after that... Yeah, obviously. But then after that, you get rid of half the stadiums, and boom, they now have a whole month and a half to prepare their pitch for the start of the season. Yeah. And then, obviously, the bigger stadiums, who have the better grounds crew, can get, like, the last 16, the quarterfinals, and semifinals, and the finals. Yeah. I think... We should like run for being UEFA definitely because I think we've done a good job. I think so. If any, if anyone from FIFA, UEFA, or even the FA are listening to this podcast, if you want to like hire us as your director of World Cup for England, what is it? What would it be? 2030. If you want to hire, yeah, because. I think America, Canada, and like Mexico oh, yeah. have got the next World Cup. Yeah, US and it. Yeah. So if you want to like hire us and put and make a bid for us for the twenty thirty World Cup, me and Jack, me and Jack have got it all planned, and we'll we'll sit down with you. We'll try and wrap your head around it. You know, we'll try and get it around your little minds. I know you can't really understand that, but we've got it all planned out. It'll work. Just trust us, two lads from Northampton. <laughs> I mean, in 2030, that's what, nine years. I'll be 26. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be 29. You'll be 27, yeah. You'll be 27. We'll have more... You'll be 27. Yeah, 27. So we'll have more... We'll have more sense. We have nine years to prepare for this
because that makes more sense. At least then the players know that they could be offside, but then they they also know we they might not be. Yeah. So for um, the players, for the players, it will mean nothing for the flag to go up. To the players, it means nothing. Continue playing to the whistle. Play to yeah. the whistle. But obviously, yeah. for the referee, he then knows to that it's going to be VAR time. You know, <laughs> or yeah. the or it could be that the referee agrees, and then blows the whistle. You know, I. I think yeah. I think putting the flag up as soon as you see a foul or an offside. If the referee agrees, let play on, then blow the whistle, and then if they need to go to VAR, they'll go to VAR. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It is a bit stupid. Like, me and my dad have said about it, like, mm. it, it frustrates me. Yeah. It really does, because you can have the click, you could be six feet offside, mm. you know you're offside, but if yeah. you go through and score, yeah. the players still have to like the defenders aren't just going to stop defending. No, exactly. And where's and it's going to come to the point where a defender puts a challenge in, gets injured. Yeah. Oh, because he was offside and the the lines didn't put his flag up. Yeah. I just I don't know. That, I just feel where... like, especially when the fans get back in the stadium, it's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Because if the linesman flags for offside. And they go and score. I reckon that will cause a lot of problems with the fans. Yeah, it will. Like, yeah, I think it would anyway. But like I said, if it's like a winning goal to stay in the league or stay in the championship to get promoted, yeah. Like that's it, that that will cause a shit ton of problems. That's that's where I think violence possibly could come mm-hmm. into it. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Violence will be. A massive thing, especially if it's such a big thing like a relegation or a promotion. Because say you're say you're second in the championship, right? Yep. Say so say Watford are second in the championship. Yep. They score. Yep. What happened when Deeney scored in the last minute to get him to Wembley? Exactly. <laughs> it was everyone chaos. was on the pitch. Yeah. Every everyone was on the pitch. It was chaos. That say that happens again, they need to win to win the title and they yeah. score in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be on the pitch. The linesman puts, puts his flag up. Mm. There's de- Every team has fans mm-hmm. that will go to violence. Oh, yeah. Everyone has their hooliganisms. That will go That will go on to exactly. the linesman that yep. put his flag up late. That, see, that's why, in that scenario, there's not much you can do apart from get the referees into their room down the tunnel and then review yeah. it afterwards when all the players are off again, the pitch. When all the fans are off the pitch. Line- you got to get one linesman from one side to the other. Yeah. And if it's a linesman that's the other side, of, well, if the tunnel's like, say the tunnel's in front of, mm. say it's to the left. Yeah. Say and it's the other, the linesman's the other side, mm. and that's the linesman that that's made the wrong decision. You got to get yeah. him from there. Yeah. Over to the other side. And I don't think two or three stewards are going to help that. No. Not at all. Um. So I. It, yeah. Talking it's about got to come in. referees. Go Talking about referees. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. You probably know, but most of our listeners probably don't. Um, the Wembley Cup. <laughs> the okay. issue 
between the F2 and XO. Okay, I'm not. So, too, I'm not too. Okay. What happened? On this. XO will win um, the lap. Oh, this was. This was the qualifiers. Yeah. This wasn't. Basically, this wasn't the final. This was the qualifiers. This I've watched Spence, Spence's video on this. I've watched the podcast as well. Um, basically, at half time, yep. the ref in that the ref mm-hmm. said that the XO boys were like gobbing, F2. gobbing everything. Um, yeah, the F two were being a bit. The referee said, yeah. um, "I'm gonna call early." Mm-hmm. Because they're annoying and yeah. so that they'll lose. Um, the ref was called early. They lost one yeah. nil, but the EXO boys obviously had a problem with it. So um, yeah, what which, happened? So, um, so basically, F two were getting very, they, they were very cocky. Obviously, yeah. X Love Island stars. They're all about the money and all of that. The referee turned around to his little, his linesman, and a couple of other referees were there as well. And he said, look, if XO are winning in the last, like, five minutes or so, I'm going to call it early. And I think they were doing 20 minutes a half or 15 minutes a half, and he called it on, like, 12 minutes. And obviously, he thought he was going to get away with it. But the F2 saw his watch and saw that it only said 12 minutes, and that's where they got the problem. I know the F2 also, the, the person... Yeah. That was managing, and they also had a watch. Yeah. Well, so, it was all on... I don't know what he thought he would get away with it for, because it was all being recorded anyway. So, yeah. on on the recordings, you'll have the timestamp, which will literally tell you, this is when the match started for the first whistle, this is when the match ended for the final whistle, and, oh, look, you're three minutes short, what are you doing? And, obviously, they accused Spencer of match-fixing, because it was yeah. his tournament... And, you know, he got the referees in from the agency, the FA. Yeah. They were FA qualified referees. Let's put yeah. that out there. But they accused him and he was like, right, what we can do is we can play the last three minutes of the game. Like that, because it was three minutes short. And they said, well, we'll play the last three minutes of the game. Job done, you know. And the F2 were like, no, 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 we want a rematch. And I'm saying... Yeah. And you know why they wanted a rematch is because they they knew if they played the final three minutes they were probably going to lose because EXO had, had, you know, they took their chance and then they just held them off all game, you know. Yeah. And that's why they wanted a rematch is because they knew that the EXO would tire out, and they'd be able to just run riot. Yeah. And, you know, on that front, you got to think about it. Like, what would you do in that situation? Like, if you were Spencer in that situation, what would your thinking be? What would you do? I'd just go and play the last few minutes. But they didn't want to do that. So, what, you know, they want to play the game entirely again. If they don't want to play the last few minutes, they, they can either play yeah. the last few minutes mm-hmm. or have the loss. Yeah. And they took the loss. because That's because... The reason why is because... Jeremy Lynch mm-hmm. wanted to look yeah. like the good guy. Yeah, he did. When he was the one moaning. Yeah. So if he you basically see... said, "Just give them the win. We don't mind. We'll be." Um, so what happened was Spencer was trying to come to a conclusion, 
and Jeremy Lynch was like, no, no, we want to play again, we want to play again. Spencer finally convinced him, look, if you lose, you get one of the first picks of the Legends. And yeah. he was like, okay, whatever. And basically Spencer came out and said, look, the F2 have graciously said, we'll admit the defeat and we'll just forget about it and we'll move on. When in reality, they were being cunts about it. Yeah. And if you think, if you look at it, the best thing for them was losing that game. Yeah, definitely. Because they, they ended up winning it. With the legend that they got. Yeah. <laughs> because so, they're... I mean, the best way to get your head round if you are listening to this is either go on... Is it Stephen Charles' podcast? Uh, there is... There's one on Jack Mate podcast with yeah. with Stephen Trice, which is yeah, Happy saw, Hour. There's I've saw a clip of that. Um, there's um, obviously yeah, there's... The, the best one to go to would be uh the I think it was one of the most recent ones from Spencer Owen, Spencer FC. He yeah he literally brought video. one out quite recently which revealed a letter from another official. I don't know if you've yeah, watched that, that one. There. Yeah. And yeah. basically that explains everything. So if you head over yeah. there, it will explain everything for you. But my thoughts are, what would you do with the referee? The, well, well, all of the referees, because there were a few around that agreed with him and didn't say anything to anyone. They kind of kept shush um, about it. So the, the, the FA realistically have to look at, are they doing this constantly? Um, yeah, exactly. Cause are they doing it in professional games? If they're refereeing, say... Barrow Town. <laughs> if they're refereeing yeah. Ketrin or Corby or Brackley, you know, or Dover, yeah, and they're making these sorts of, you know, dodgy decisions, should we say? Are they, oh yeah, are they called in earlier? Exactly. And or... if you're doing this to National League sides, granted they're not professionals, but they still get paid a little bit for their time. If you're doing it and it's still, to it, them, it's still a yeah. Not it's not professional, but it's still a competitive league where yeah. you can go up to exactly. professional football. And you're um, you're a registered FA official, so surely anything yeah. you do should be in what what would you say when you res- it, when you're re, re you know. <laughs> resemble no resembling but when you're working on their behalf yeah whatever you do reflects on them and yeah if you're there to you know be there as a, an FA official surely you should be doing it by the rules instead of match fixing like so yeah obviously i can see um... you've seen a number of players lose their jobs because of match fixing yeah if you remember um, was it? Um, I can't remember who it was. The big goalkeeper. Oh, I know what from Sutton. That's it. Sutton versus Arsenal, and yeah, he at halftime had a pie. Famously, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pasty. One. Pasty. He had a pasty, yeah. and everyone said that oh that was match fixing because a couple of people had put a bet on for him to have a pasty at half time and they got quite all right odds for it and they obviously he was sacked from Sutton because they 
accused him of match fixing. When, in reality, it was probably the fact that these people knew that he liked a half-time snack. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, that I know multiple players that have been fined, especially in the Premier League. A fair few players have been fined for match fixing. Didn't Daniel Sturridge go? Um, I think so, yeah. Banned or something, yeah. yeah. But they've that had bans, they've had fines. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I've heard John Terry had um, a fine for match fixing. But, you know, just little know things. But if you're thinking of it like that, if the referee's doing that sort of thing, when you're working on behalf of the FA and you're there to represent, that's the word, when you're representing the FA, you've got to do it by the book it just doesn't work yeah I mean I think the FA did end up looking looking into the games that they've left before yeah. and seeing yeah. if they've done anything like that but um, what would you do if you were the FA and you found out that this was your referee or group of referees as I said um, I'd look back at games that they've done before and if okay. it's the only time they've done it I'd monitor them in their games and see if they, if they keep on doing it, if they are doing okay. it often. Yeah. And if they, if, they, if it's the first time it's happened, tell them, right, you needed to take this seriously. Yeah. And, do you know what I mean? Like, because footballers are going to be mouthy. Mm. Right. So, in my opinion, I'm very no-nonsense. And yeah. I would say... If I was in charge of them, I'd be sat there like, look, you're here to represent the FA. You've done it at a YouTube event. YouTube is one of the biggest social media platforms going. You know? Yeah. Arguably, it's getting bigger than the TV. You know? Like, you've got KSI now doing songs with Craig David. Yeah. That shows you how big YouTube is now. And so for me, I'd be sat there and like, look, you were supposed to be representing the FA. You know the codes of conduct, and you know that this was a YouTube event, and whatever you did was probably going to, you know, reflect on us, and it was going to be put out there for the world to see. Multi- yeah. Millions and millions of people would have heard of this story. I would have sacked him straight away. He'd be gone, because you're ruining the representation. You're ruining the... I forgot the word again. You're you're ruining. You're giving the FA a bad um, a bad name, yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, ruining the image of the FA. Yeah. Um, and so I'd cut him straight away. The other referees that were involved, I'd give them a warning. I'd be like, "Look, you knew it happened. This is on you. <laughs> you know, we'll look into yeah. the games that you've refed before, and we'll be monitoring you. But I reckon the guy that did it, I would sack him straight away. He'd be gone." Because you can't afford to be to ruin your representation like that. You can't afford it. And yeah. this 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 also goes back to my earlier point of the FA, the referees just aren't up to the standard. And you've got obviously the higher level referees that have made dodgy decisions, like you said, death threats. And yeah. then you've got the lower league referees still FA registered who have made dodgy dodgy decisions 
Yeah. Which then reflects badly on the FA, and I'm sat here and I'm thinking something's wrong with the FA scheme of managing and coaching referees. Yeah, I can see. Um, I can see what you're saying. Um, I mean, I can see why you'd why you'd sack him straight away. Mm, definitely, I, but, I just I'm no nonsense, zero tolerance policy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I be having at it. First, I'd look at. I'd look at games he is with. Yeah, and see. If I can it's understand that. Before. I can understand that, but like I said, millions, millions, and millions of people will be seeing this match. You know, it's not like a Sunday league match that he's refereeing here. Like, it's not the one hundred, two hundred fans that he's pissing off. It's a whole YouTube community worldwide that he's pissed off. That yeah. you know, think of the millions of subscribers that they have. Think of the millions of subscribers that they have collectively. The sidemen, yeah. the sidemen alone, you know, worldwide. Then you've got Spencer FC with hashtag United. You've got XO, you've got F2 with all of their subscribers, multi millions of subscribers worldwide. The sidemen are not in it. Not in what the 20, was it 2018 one? Or 2019? Yeah, they weren't in they weren't in it. Well, they're not. It was the, the four teams was um, Rebel, Rebel FC, yeah. Yeah. But um, if you think about it, like from that perspective, it's like he's getting more coverage than potentially a championship match. Yeah. You know. And for that to be for him to ruin the reputation like that, for me, that would be straight. That'd be gone. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if if he's refed championship games mm. that aren't on TV, he's yeah. gonna only have thousands of people watching him. Oh yeah, but you've got to think online, about it. Online, online, <laughs> millions. Mm. That's the thing. Tens of millions. Even even if the championship wasn't televised, there are th- hundreds of thousands of people that will find out because of the wonderful world of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. His name will be everywhere. Yeah. You know? Disgruntled fans will be putting him all over the place. And then it will make it to Sky Sports News and they'll be like, well, this has happened at this championship match with this referee. You know? Yeah. And to me, no matter what level you ref, you still have to have the standard. You can't let the standards drop just because you're at a lower level. Yeah, of of course. Like obviously, if you are a part of the FA, you this you have standards, and if yeah. you drop them, it's like a, it's like a job. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you know, obviously you work in a bar. You have yep. standards. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Like just say, say if um, say if I came into your pub, <laughs> yeah, and you gave me a drink for free, yeah, that isn't allowed. No, that's not up to the standard. Exactly. Unless if I, you get, if you get yeah, found exactly, you, but you know, some, it's the same. Like if I went to a different pub, you know, and gave away a drink for free, I'm I potentially lose my job. Maybe yeah. I'd be made to pay for the drink or be made to pay compensation to the owner. But you know, realistically, wherever you go, if you're doing the same job, you should still have the same or similar standards that you've got to live up to, the expectations of. Yeah. Obviously, as you said, um, yeah. if I got a um, 
say if you gave me a drink for free. Yeah. Either way, if mm. you get found out, you're going to be losing. You're going to have oh, to yeah, either pay for doubt. drink, lose your job, or pay compensation. Either mm-hmm. way, either way, yeah. you are losing some sort of money or yeah. obviously your job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want to go down the legal road, I could get done for theft, you know? Yeah. You know, but when you get up to that sort of standard, you need to be holding the standards required of you. No, it's, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. But and it, again, it comes down to do the FA give, give the standards they need or are they just going along mm-hmm. with, okay, you're now a referee yeah. going ref games? I think what it is is you've done the training, you've got your badges, oh, you're a referee now, off you go. I think that's all it is now. Yeah. And unless you make a massive mistake, the FA probably won't even find out, to be honest with you. Yeah, that is true. Like, Especially with I the know. lower league games, like League 1 and League 2, I think half the yeah. stuff just goes unnoticed. Yeah, there are some... Um, I remember going to a Cobblers game once, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I remember... Um, I'd actually counted it because it mm. happened the game before. I thought there wasn't enough added time, mm. so I'd counted all the stoppages and, and I'd yeah. count. I'd counted two minutes. Yeah. In the, in the in the first half, and the ref blew straight away. Yeah. So I counted the second half um, thing is, and I think I got with subs. I think I yeah. got five minutes. Yeah. So I added the two minutes from the first half, thinking they'll just add it all on at the end. Yeah. And they only had four minutes. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't know if I'd either miscounted or mm. is just not adding enough on. That, that, I think that's the thing to take away from today's podcast, really, is are FA referees really that qualified? <laughs> and if anyone wants to tag the FA in this podcast, you know, you know, shout us out on Instagram, on Twitter or whatever, tag us in the FA and just let them know that um, we're here and we're more than happy to run things for them. We're more than happy to um, organise the next World Cup for them. Well yeah. away. <laughs> It'll be a big ask, but obviously this isn't going to happen, I know. And yeah. I'll make some sound stupid, but if it does get to the FA, we can get someone on the FA to yeah. run us through. What maybe they could jump on the podcast and listen to what we have to say. And maybe they can enlighten us. Maybe give us some knowledge because we could be missing millions of things here that come into play. And so maybe they could give us the knowledge and you guys that are listening to actually see why we're wrong. But as far as I'm concerned on the knowledge that I have, that is my outlook. That is my personal opinion. Yeah, obviously me and Josh, we're not referees. We're fans, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. But we do know... The basics. I know. I know quite a lot of rules, obviously, mm. because of how long I've played football. Like, yeah, like competitive football. Mm. Um, obviously, you've played with school, and obviously, school rules might be different. Oh yeah, they're but completely different. I've had, I've had, obviously, mm. FA yeah. coaches, but obviously, ref our games. I've watched more so, than enough football games to know the rules. <laughs> yeah, like at school, foul throws aren't a thing because when you're eight years old you don't really know much about foul throws and unless you play yeah. Sunday League. But yeah. I've no I've watched more than enough football games to know the rules and to know when something's right or wrong. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think Obviously. I think if anyone wants to tag us into the FA and maybe get someone, maybe a lower league referee to come and talk to us about it, we're more than happy. Yeah. <laughs> get further kettle on. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> But That'd be a great one. I, I think that'll be um I think that wraps up this episode to be honest with you. Um Yeah. We're almost up for our time. So like we said, if you wanna tag them in one of our posts or even in the podcast, you know, our Instagram is the perfect podcast official. Yeah. Um we have a buy me a coffee page as well which is like a Patreon, so if you want to donate to our cause to really help us boost our podcast, you know, then uh, you can pop over there. I'll leave a link in the bio. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? I'm probably forgetting loads of stuff. But... Um, not that I know of. Obviously, this is on Spotify, Anchor. Oh, we've also is got Apple Podcasts as Google, well. It's on iTunes. Google, yeah. iTunes. I think and... I think the main two would be Spotify and iTunes. But yeah. I have quite a few um, updates for you. Obviously, we now have a Romanian listener. But yep. we also have another American listener. The first listener was from Illinois. The next listener is from Ohio. So... Uh, that's interesting that we've got another listener from Ohio. Um, I'm not sure where that's come from at all. I Do mean, you know where that's come from? I no, I don't. I don't really speak to many people. No, I think I have an idea, but I'm not too sure entirely where that listener from Ohio's come from. I feel like. I think I, I don't know. know. I think I know someone who might know someone from there. Um. But yeah, I think, thank you for everyone who is starting to listen to the podcast. Um, thank you for the new listeners. And uh, thank you for listening on iTunes, Spotify and Anchor. It does mean a lot to us. Um, um, we are currently also... trying to find people to come on the podcast. Um, you know, so if you have any ideas, you know, if you find their Instagram page, tag us in it and uh, we'll go and take a look for you. I have gone a bit wild. Yes, um, we know. Uh, um, I, um, I know it was. I know it was a bit. Sh- I, I didn't get a reply from any of them, but no, I did. Message... Neither did I. You told me to message one of them, and I don't know. Brentford. I messaged Brentford centre back Charlie Good. Didn't didn't even see e- it. Ex cobblers. Um, Ex cobblers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wickham striker Addy Bearwacky Fenwar. Ex cobblers again. Um, didn't didn't even see it. And I messaged this YouTuber called Ellis Platten. Yep. Um, and you made, me, away days. <laughs> you made me... You made me email him, didn't you? Yeah, because I did notice that in his Instagram bio, yeah. he has a um, an email yeah. for work his stuff, business. So I yeah. thought that would be more sensible. Yeah. I haven't got a reply yet. But like we said, It'll if you want to if, if advertise your business on the podcast, let us know. We'll come to some sort of agreement. Um Obviously, we're still quite small, so the fees won't be in excess. But if you do want to advertise to the small audience that we have, you're more than free to. If you want us to grow, then share our name. Get it on your stories. Get it on your feed. You know, let people yeah, know that we're friends, about. Friends, family. Hopefully, we'll uh, get some more exposure and bring you even better podcasts, better sounding podcasts, and. 
with better content as well in the future. Obviously, also this week's been a bit of a um, struggle, but we we'll thank you all for sticking in there with us. <laughs> also, with it, um, Josh did come up with an, with an idea. Um, if you did want I? us to do challenges, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Right, what I thought we could do is we could start a YouTube. Yeah. Obviously called the Perfect Podcast, but we yeah. could put the Perfect Podcast challenges or something, mm-hmm. and the challenges could go on there. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. If you want us to do challenges, let us know. Drop us a link or a, a message. You can even email us <laughs> if you want us to do challenges. If you think that setting up a YouTube would be a good idea, we'll more than happily do that to uh, fulfill some of your challenges and uh, make this content more enjoyable for you to listen and watch to. Like these challenges could be anything. They could be anything to football, say football challenges. Um, yeah. Eating, cha- well, not eating challenges. Yeah, eating like, challenges. Let's go. Yeah, challenges. obviously, like, say, like, shop. It just free. You know, and something. obviously, like this anything. is an explicit podcast. So if you want us to do some, like, alcohol challenges, we're more than down to. I'm more than happy you to. Can. No, yeah, you, you can you as well. We're, we're doing it together. There's no ifs or buts, you know. Alcohol challenges are all in there as well. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we've got enough. We've got plans for the future, and we do have aspirations. And if you want to help us on that journey, you're more than welcome to. Like we said, we've got a buy me a coffee page, which is a bit like Patreon. Um, you can send us donations, and hopefully, eventually, we'll set up a membership where we can post our silly bits, our outtakes, maybe even some extra little bonus clips for you and some trailer episodes and bonus episodes out there for you that are say half an hour 45 minutes long and hopefully you get um, more enjoyment out of it also i feel like if they do um donate and buy me a coffee we should give them a shout out no. yeah we would definitely give them a shout out without a doubt um if you do donate to buy me a coffee don't forget to leave Either email us or even just leave your name when you send a donation and you can leave your your name or your detail, you know, maybe an Instagram account or something that we can shout out. And um, we'll be yeah. more than happy to shout out your Instagram account on here if you send us yeah, a donation. Because they've obviously supported us, so I think we should give something back. So Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a good idea. That'll be a great idea. So if you, if you want to send us, a, send us a donation, we'll uh, shout you out more than happy to. So... Uh, Thank you for listening to this very disorganised episode of the Perfect Podcast. We do thank you for sticking out there with us, but um, next week we will be better, and I can assure you things will get better from here on out. So I'd like to thank you to all of our listeners um, in the UK and abroad now, and, uh, well, we hope to see you next week. We hope you tune in next week, and we'd like to thank you all. We also need to come up with a name for you guys because, you know, you're if you like to listen to us, we need to give our fans a name. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come, come up, up with, with that over the next couple couple of weeks, months maybe. So we'd like to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Perfect Podcast.